0: Well, good morning everyone. It's lovely to see you all here. Welcome to our morning service here at Long and Baptist Church. It's great to have you with us. Great to see you've managed to get the clocks changed right so you're here and not here in an hour's time. That's great. Uh, A warm welcome if you're watching on uh, at home as well. Uh, And a particularly warm welcome if you're here visiting or if you're here for the first time. Uh, It's great to have you with us. My name's Cal. I'm a ministry trainee here at the church. uh, And it's my joy to be leading us through the service this morning. Uh, Today we're going to be continuing in our series of the Easter Psalms. Uh, Colin is going to be preaching a little bit later on on Psalm 114. Uh, Let me begin our time together by reading a few words from the beginning of Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We have been raised with Christ. We're here this morning to worship and to praise the God who has given us new lives and a new identity through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What a wonderful truth that is to be reminded of. Something I'm sure many of us have heard many times, but something that never gets old. So, as we begin our time together, let me pray and ask for God's help to do what that verse says to set our minds on Him, to set our hearts on Him, not on our plans for this afternoon not on what's going to happen at school or at work on Monday morning, but on him, the one who's given us new life. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have been raised with Christ, that we have new life given by him today, and the promise of eternal life with you in glory. Help us now, however our weeks have been, to set our minds and to set our hearts on you as we praise you together, as we lift our prayers to you, and as we hear from you, from your word. May all that we do this morning be for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, We're going to pray for that now amongst uh, many other things that are going on in the life of the church. I'm going to invite Dave up to come and pray. After that, John is going to read, and then Colin is going to preach to Dave.
1: Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, mighty King, we bow before your majesty, Lord, and worship you. Honour you, Lord, for all you provide for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we're able to gather here in such peace and tranquility this Sunday morning, Mothering Sunday, to, to worship you. And as Carols remind us, Lord, to remember all the wonderful things our mothers have done for us. How much more love have you shown us, O Lord, by sending your one and only Son to cleanse us by his blood so that we may be right in your eyes, Lord. Thank you, O Heavenly Father, for that wonderful truth. I do pray for Pastor Union, his family in Calarash, in Romania, Lord, and the work they're doing there. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for your hand of provision upon them, that you would provide the resources they need, not only to care for their church family there in Romania, Lord, but to be able to share with their neighbours in the Ukraine. Thank you, Lord, that they're able to open this women's centre in Romania and welcome the Ukrainian refugee women and children. Thank you, Lord, for the hand of provision. Thank you, Lord, that one lady there is able to care for other women's hands just as you care for us, Lord, I pray that that witness of her love for other people is reflected by our love for you and their love for you, Lord Jesus, so that more would seek you. Lord, if it is your will, I do pray that you provide a translator who can speak Romanian, English, and Ukrainian, so that the communication between them can be more. That those people receiving hospitality can know that it is by your love and your generosity firstly to us that they are able to receive this lord i'm sure many in the ukraine in that desolate war-torn country would pray to have a peaceful life like ours with our many troubles and worries that we have lord pale into insignificance with the fear they face daily lord do help those in the ukraine stand firm on the rock of jesus Stand firm in their country, Lord, to defend themselves against the attacks from Putin. Lord, if it is your will, I pray that you have mercy on the Russians who are attacking, on Putin himself, Lord, that you may touch his heart and heal him. He may see the errors of his ways and cease this war. We know you have the power to do anything. We pray that you bring peace to Ukraine now. But dear Heavenly Father, coming back to home, I do pray for those in the church family who may be suffering many suffering with covid i pray for their long recovery lord that it would not be too long and i pray lord for those who have just come out of surgery struggling with pain seeking rest and healing that you would have your hand upon them and their families lord bring them comfort at this time reunite them with their church family lord in person as well as in spirit Dear Heavenly Father, as He come before your word, I pray that you use John clearly as he reads from your word. We may hear every word he says, our hearts would be open to receive it. Lord, and I pray that you empower Colin as he preaches from Psalm 114, that you fill him with boldness and wisdom to teach us from your word. How we may quake as the earth quakes before you, Lord, to know your power and to love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
2: i going to read this morning uh, Psalm 114. Uh, if you are following it in a uh, church Bible that size, then it's on page uh, 615. Psalm 114. When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary. Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan turned back. The mountains leapt like rams. The hills like lambs. Why was it sea that you fled? Why Jordan did you turn back? Why mountains did you leap like rams? You hills like lambs. Tremble earth at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water.
3: Thank you, John. Please do uh, keep that open uh, as we look to follow along with it. Let me pray as we come together. Father God, we pray that you would uh, speak to us this morning, that as we've heard your word read, that as we hear the gospel preached, that we would meet with the living God this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to follow you more, that you would help us to bow the knee to you, perhaps for the first time, that we would see you in all your glory, majesty, and splendor, and be in awe of you. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, what do the people that I'm about to list have in common? The man who plays computer games into the early hours of the morning. The woman who scrolls through Instagram or TikTok endlessly throughout the day. The guy who turns to drink just to take the edge off things and to deal with stress in his life. Or the woman just pouring through Netflix one episode after the other relentlessly. Or perhaps the man trawling through porn sites just to find the right one that fits his fantasy. Or the woman buying another outfit online all too aware that she doesn't really need another outfit. Or the man who perhaps buries himself in excessive long hours of work, justifying it through his earnings, but all too aware of the issues that remain unresolved at home. Or perhaps the couple daydreaming about their next dream vacation. Or maybe even the teenager who looks inside the fridge Three times in an hour, just to see if someone has added something to the fridge since last time. What do they have in common? They're a means of escape, a way of escapism. And yet, perhaps before we become self righteous and, and think of ourselves better than others, because we're in church this morning, I wonder if some people might actually think that is true of Christianity that it is in itself a means of escape. That perhaps some people might think that as long as you come to church, maybe you do the right thing, then it doesn't really matter if you engage wholeheartedly with worship, so long as you're present. But isn't that escapism? Or what we do here on a Sunday is one thing, but... For the rest of the week, from Monday through Saturday, it has no bearing on our lives. Surely that is escapism. I wonder perhaps if any of this connects with you. Perhaps the religious side of things and perhaps the non-religious side of things. Well, if it does, then let me present you with an answer to your escapism. Psalm 114. Let me just read it again. It's only a very short psalm. It's eight verses long. It says, When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan turned back. The mountains leaped like rams. The hills like lambs. Why was it, see, that you fled? Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why, mountains, did you leap like rams, you hills like lambs? Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water." We're going through uh, Psalms uh, 113 to 116 in our series of Easter Psalms as we think that Jesus sang these Psalms with his disciples at a Passover meal just before going out to the cross. And Psalm 114 is the second Psalm recited at, at the Passover meal on the eighth day of Passover. Psalms 113 to 14 are are sung before the Passover meal. And Psalms 115 to 18 are sung afterwards. It turned into Psalm 114 this morning. One writer, he summarizes it by saying, the psalmist celebrates God's victory over Egypt, provision in the wilderness, and entry into the promised land. That God, he saves, he sustains, and he settles his people. Where Psalm 113 calls on the servants of the Lord, that is God's people, to praise the Lord, Psalm 114 calls the earth, creation itself, to tremble at what the Lord has done. As the psalmist says, you see there in verse 7, Tremble earth at the presence of the Lord. In a wonderfully poetic way, the psalmist turns not to God's people as he did before, but to creation itself. As he calls creation to tremble at the presence of God's power. And just as creation should tremble at God's presence, so should we, as we should tremble at the presence of God in creation for two things. Firstly, what God has done, what God's done, and what God is still doing. So firstly, what God's done. As you look at the psalm on first reads, it seems almost strange to us. For us in the UK in the 21st century, you come to it, maybe even you read this psalm on a sleepy Monday or a Tuesday morning, and you think, I've got nothing. I don't understand this. I don't get it at all. And yet, once we grasp it, once we truly understand it and the context... It should help us to see the power of God and therefore help us to resist any temptation to seek to escape our lives as we find comfort in the Lord. As the Lord, speaking through the psalmist, speaks of his people escaping, of escaping Egypt. As the psalmist speaks of the Exodus story of how God delivered his people out of slavery in Egypt and provided for them in the wilderness, bringing them through to the promised land. And this is all through what the Lord has done. As you look there in verse 1 and 2, the psalmist begins by talking about the time when Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, when Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. Israel, Jacob, and Judah are all terms for the people of God. As it says, Judah became God's sanctuary and Israel his dominion. It means that God has always been with his people. And then you look at the end of the psalm in verse 7. It says, tremble at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. The Lord delivers his people out of Egypt and as he does so, he reveals his powerful presence with his people. As you may remember the story of the Exodus, that the Lord parts the Red Sea in power. He guides his people to the sea through a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire at night. A pillar of fire during the day at night, I should say. Then he dwells with his people in the tent of the meeting. And he meets with Moses. On a mountain top, as the mountain at Mount Sinai shakes as Moses meets with the Lord in a glory cloud, before God then dwells with his people in a temple in Jerusalem. And as it was then, so it is today that the Jewish tradition tells this story. At Passover, the Jewish tradition is to tell the story of the Exodus, of the people coming out of slavery in Egypt. As you look there in verse 3 and 4, the the psalmist uses poetic language to paint the picture of what happened in the Exodus. Verse 3, the the sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. And perhaps if you were to describe the sea or the mountains, it's probably not the language that you would use to describe them. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was back in in Scotland, and I took a trip up to uh, Loch Lomond, just north of Glasgow. Now, I know that Loch Lomond is not the sea, but it is still a large mass of water. And I don't know how you feel about large masses of water like that, like the sea or like a big lake. I remember many years ago canoeing in the lake, in Loch Lomond, I should say, and the guy I was with said, Can you imagine falling in here? To which I stared down to the black water and thought, please don't say that. I don't want to fall in today, thank you. And it's like that with the sea, isn't it? Because it's massive and it is so powerful. It's so powerful that it's quite scary. Then there's the mountains. And you wouldn't describe them as leaping like rams, would you? No, they're like many of us on a Sunday afternoon after a large meal. A little sleepy, perhaps. Perhaps. Then there's the obvious question of why. Why is creation described like that? As it says in verse five and six, why was it sea that you fled? Why Jordan did you turn back? Why mountains did you leap like rams? You hills like lambs. Uh, Like a small child coming to their parents saying, why, why, why? It's a good question. Why did the Red Sea flee? Why did the river Jordan turn back? And what Why did the mountains leap like rams? Why indeed? Because creation itself trembles at God's powerful presence. As it was the Lord. It was the Lord that called Moses to raise his staff. And the Lord separated the sea. He separated the water so that the people could walk through on dry ground. Saving his people and judging his enemies. It was the Lord in Joshua's day that turned back the river Jordan and stopped the water so that the people could walk through to the promised land. And it was the Lord who came down on Mount Sinai as the mountain shook as Moses met with him in the glory cloud. And this is really the poetic picture that Samus uh, wants to, to paint as the people are reminded of their delivery out of slavery in Egypt, their journey through the wilderness, and then their arrival in the land in Canaan. As God saves his people, he sustains his people, and he settles his people. As the Israelites are only really let go because of the night of the Passover, the Exodus only happens because of the Passover. As the Lord had sent Plagues to Pharaoh to display God's glory and power as opposed to the gods of Egypt which had no power in themselves. And yet despite all these many plagues, Pharaoh would not let the people go. But in the last plague, when the angel of death passed over the houses in Egypt, if your doorposts were covered in the blood of a perfect lamb, then the angel of death would pass over your house and your firstborn would live. But all those not covered by the blood would be taken. As a result, the glory of God was magnified because of God's powerful deliverance of his people from slavery in Egypt. But as Jesus sits with his disciples reciting this very story, this Passover story, reading this psalm, He sits with his disciples celebrating what will be a final Passover and a better Exodus. Why do I say that? How is that? Because as it says in the Gospel of Matthew, out of Egypt I called my son. And as John the Baptist announced, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin's Of the world. Because Jesus Christ came out of Egypt as the Son of God. He is the spotless Lamb of God that was sacrificed for us. And when we trust in Him, He delivers us, not from slavery in Egypt, but from the slavery of sin. That He would bring us out, that He would deliver us from sin he takes our punishment upon the cross that we can be delivered that we can escape what is the reality of our sin because jesus does not escape reality jesus confronts reality the reality of our sinful and shameful lives the things that we've done the things that we've left undone that we would escape the holy wrath of God and instead be welcomed into the holy presence of God. As at Christ's crucifixion, the earth itself shook and the dead were raised because on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead to the glory of God. And because of what the Lord has done, we need not fear. We need not fear because the Lord of all Creation is with us. He dwells with us. As we think about what God's still doing. As the disciples share a meal uh, with Jesus to celebrate this Passover, it is the mighty God holding creation in his hands that dwells with them at the table. He is eating bread and drinking wine with them as the Lord of all. And when they realize that, that makes them tremble. And that's exactly their response. As you remember, the storm in Mark 4, when uh, Jesus calms the storm with his word. And their response is the right response. When Jesus says, quiet and be still, they are filled with terror. They are terrified. As it is the Lord of all creation, Who has all power over all creation. That sits with them in the boat. That is the right response. To who the Lord is. I wonder perhaps this morning. If you're not a Christian. Not a believer. That um, your response. Might not be like that to Jesus. It might be very familiar with Jesus. But the Lord here. Is truly Powerful and holy. He is the Lord of all creation. He holds the keys to life and death. Therefore, won't you come to this Lord? The Lord Jesus who has power over everything and everyone. Come to him. See that he has forgiven your sins if you will trust in him. I pray that you do come to the Lord of all. And as we think of God embodied in the man, Jesus Christ, Israel was was God's sanctuary. He was God's sanctuary among the nations. It was where God's presence dwelt. But now God's presence doesn't dwell in a nation. It doesn't dwell in a place. It dwells with a people. And we are that people. We are the church of God with whom his spirit dwells. God dwells with us. And he continues to work in our lives today as he not only dwells with us, but he satisfies us. As you look there in verse eight, it says the rock turned into a pool and springs of water. <clears throat> this is when, when Moses struck the rock when they're in the wilderness, when they're in the desert and they had nothing to drink and the rock poured out water. And the Apostle Paul, writing in the New Testament in First Corinthians 10, he looks back on that episode when Moses took the, took the, the, the water from the rock and he says this, they, they ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Amazingly, what was foreshadowed what was promised in the old testament is fulfilled in Christ in the new as the lord jesus not only not only does he deliver us out of our slavery to sin but he also satisfies us he satisfies all our desires with himself he is that living water Our thirst is quenched by the everlasting flow of the living waters of Jesus. And therefore, friends, in light of the satisfaction that Jesus brings, we must gut everything in our lives that is causing us to stumble. The things that we escape to, we need to be satisfied in Jesus. We need to think about what they are and act upon them. As I must ask you, what are the things that you are seeking to escape to in your life right now? Maybe maybe it's food, maybe it's shopping, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's online gaming or online gambling or movies or TV or social media, your phone, your work, your garden your dream holidays, your internet use. Whatever the thing is that you go to, that you escape to, that is truly what you were worshipping in that moment. But the Lord is the one who satisfies us. Friends, surely that must be our prayer, that, that the Lord would satisfy our hearts more than anything or anyone in the world. That anything that touches us wouldn't fulfill us because Jesus fulfills us. Jesus is better than anything. His desire and love should fulfill us. As once Jesus takes the prime position in our lives, everything else falls into the right order. That we would desire to know and love Jesus more and truly find our satisfaction in him. The writer and pastor Kent Hughes describes this dynamic like this. He says, it works like this. We hunger spiritually and are then filled and become supremely satisfied. The satisfaction then makes way for a deeper spiritual hunger and a further filling and blessed satisfaction. And so it goes on in sublime paradox. Hunger filling Satisfaction, hunger-filling satisfaction. We become more and more full of Christ. Because as you taste and see that the Lord is good, then you tremble at his word and he will transform your life. He will change you. The question is, will you let him? Will you surrender your life to him? Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly to the Lord, withholding nothing from Him, withholding nothing. As He is the Lord of all, let us tremble in His presence, let us tremble at His word. Let's pray. Father God, we are mindful of the ways in which we do escape to other things. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for that. We pray that you would help us to turn to you, the one who is the living water, that you would satisfy our souls. And we thank you, Lord, that you have done, done so because you have delivered us out of our slavery to have a taste of sin that we hate that, Lord. We pray that you would help us to have a taste and a desire for you and that that would quench our thirst and satisfy our souls. This we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now uh, we're going to continue just by closing as we did last week. There should be uh, a sheet just below you there uh, with the four psalms. Of Easter. As I mentioned, these are the Psalms which uh, Jesus sang at Passover. So Psalm 114 would have been sung before the Passover meal. And as we build towards Easter, let me encourage you to take this home with you and to to sing it, to sing it as we build up towards Easter. I'll sing the first two verses. Um, It does get a little high, just to warn you. And then we'll all go from the top together. Uh, there won't be a prayer or notices after the song at the end, but uh, once we've sung, just, just let the words rest upon you in a moment of quiet. Uh, once that, that's done, the, the children will come through uh, accompanied uh, by the music. So if you'd like to please stand. As we did last week, just as we prepare our hearts to sing, let me just uh, ask you just to take a moment to close your eyes and to just take a moment take a moment to ask who am I singing this to I'm singing it to the Lord of all creation
2: when from Egypt Israel parted Jacob's time.